It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to grade the three games from Salt Lake City and preview Tonight's game against the Houston Rockets as they kick off their Las Vegas Summer League slate. This one's for all the marbles. The Thunder could walk away with a ring in just five games. Let's see what happens this summer in Las Vegas and grade what's already happened in Salt Lake City on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thundersintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD and email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to review Game 3 of the Salt Lake City Summer League, grade the entire three-game stretch for the Thunder in Summer League. What will Chet Holmgren's grade be after just two games? Plus, preview Las Vegas and preview what's going to go down tonight between the Thunder and Rockets. Chet Holmgren and Jabari Smith. So much to get to. So much to talk about. Let's start with Game 3 from Salt Lake City. So this game, Chet Holmgren was out, uh, but he will be available in Vegas. He was out because, simply, it's hard to play three straight days you know, in three straight games. Also, he said that the altitude kind of got to him in Salt Lake City in Utah. So, just a rest day for Chet Holmgren. Uh, Trey Mann, though, was back out of health and safety protocols. And then Rob Baker, Gabe Brown, Abdul Gaddy did not play. Neither did uh, Eugene Amore or Jaden Shackelford. Again, as I said earlier this week, those guys aren't really going to play much until you know, game four or game three, whenever you start shutting down a lot of these guys that are, you know, kind of NBA quality, then those guys will get their chance to prove themselves and try to get, you know, training camp invites or uh, two-way deals with other teams, stuff like that. So uh, everything went about as expected in Utah. Uh, The Sixers did not play Charlie Brown Jr., Thunder legend. That was very sad. But the Thunder start with Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, Aaron Wiggins, Pokashevsky, and J.R.E., which I think was literally a starting lineup for the team last year in an actual NBA game. Uh, the Sixers start out with Trevlin Queen, uh, Isaiah Joe, Jaden Springer, Paul Reed, and Michael Foster Jr. The big thing from this game, it was a pretty sleepy game because, you know, you you look around and Jerry, really solid player. I love Jeremiah Rumpsnerl, not a highlight maker. Aaron Wiggins, I love Aaron Wiggins. You guys know that those two guys, Jerry and Aaron Wiggins, are like ridiculously high on my hierarchy of Thunder uh, players and the Thunder roster. Probably way too high than they should be, honestly. Uh, but I think that they are going to be very successful NBA players. But they don't lead themselves to highlight-level play. Uh, the only real highlight players are Trey Mann and Josh Giddy, and Josh Giddy delivered a highlight. Uh, he scored 10 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Did go 0 for 2 from 3, did go 3 for 11 from the floor, but 
one of those three was a posterizing slam. It was a slam dunk that just had so many moving parts. Number one, it's Josh Giddy soaring through the air for a slam dunk, a poster, just annihilating a Memphis defender. I mean, I mean a Southern Sixers defender, just annihilating him at the rim, right? That, that's number one. And number two, the stare down, the barking, the, the swagger afterward that resulted in a technical foul, that was awesome. Jalen Williams, Santa Clara, his reaction the whole time from just his jaw dropping at the dunk. Then he runs over and just can't contain his excitement for Josh Giddy. That was incredible. And then the social media fallout was incredible from Josh Giddy going on Twitter saying that the, that the technical foul was worth it in that dunk scenario. And just everything that played around that dunk was just the highlight of the day. That was the big takeaway from this game was that Josh Giddy won can dunk and posterize people, and two, how just fun this team is. And, and we all knew that, you know, this is going to be a young team and they're going to, you know, automatically have that kind of camaraderie just by being young. But but that dunk and this, this last, you know, these last three games have really put a hammer in to that point that this is going to be a team that's based in, you know, just chemistry and based in, camaraderie and based in all the off the court stuff that you just want to see. I mean, you have this, you have Josh Giddy going on NBA today and saying that he secretly wanted the Thunder to draft Chet Holmgren the entire time because he thought that Chet Holmgren, you know, was the best player and he's never seen somebody protect the ring the way that Chet Holmgren protects the ring at his age. And how secret was it, Josh? I mean, you were all over his Instagram comment section, but nonetheless, he confirmed that he wanted to play with Chet Holmgren and it looks like, you know, again, we have those receipts. We have the screenshots of the Instagram comment section. It looks like this is not revisionist history, right? Because you can always throw a, a wet blanket on these things and say, well, what else are they supposed to say? What else is he supposed to say than he loves to play with his new teammate? No, we, we have the proof that this was before Chet Holmgren was even officially drafted by OKC, that, that kind of that was the guy that Josh Giddy wanted. So, like, just having that aspect of it, having that just kind of, feel to it, the Thunder U vibe, right? Whenever you have Chet Holmgren also pulling Josh Giddy into the interview after his, after his epic game one. I mean, that could have been, you know, that could have been Chet Holmgren's just staple moment. He could have had all the attention to himself, right? You you look on Twitter and you look on SportsCenter after the game, which is like the first time that the Thunder have been on SportsCenter in forever. You look at all these things and it's all Chet Holmgren, Chet Holmgren, Chet Holmgren after game one. He dominates. He gets the shout out from Kevin Durant. Like everything was all about Chet Holmgren. And he could have just soaked that up and, and allowed himself to, enjoy uh, exclusively the high, the, the, you know, the spotlight from that because he deserved it, but he still brought in Josh Giddy and he would not do the interview unless he had Josh Giddy next to him. Like those instances are just th- things that you want to see moving forward whenever you're building a team around. And, and you think about the last two draft picks that Sam Price has made uh, high in the draft, Josh Giddy and Chet Holmgren, both reportedly pre-draft told their agents, get me to Oklahoma city. Now, look, will that matter in nine years for Chet Holmgren or eight years for Josh Giddy whenever their team control is done? Will that truly matter? Maybe not. But you'd much rather have this scenario where you have two guys in your organization that before they were drafted said, I want to be there, than the opposite. Again, it goes back to Chet Holmgren's summer league debut. Does it really matter that he was excellent in game one of his Salt Lake City debut? Not really, but you'd prefer it to the opposite of being stellar in your debut in the summer league. Same thing here. 
Does it really matter that Chet Holmgren and Josh Giddy have a great friendship or that both of them wanted to be in OKC? Maybe not. I mean, that's, that's a long ways away. Nine years, eight years is a long ways away. But you'd much prefer it to any alternative. You'd much rather have this outcome than anything else. And so these three days in Salt Lake City were just fantastic for the Thunder. They were fantastic for Thunder fans. It was exciting to, to witness it on television and to just see the team interact on social media. Even after the Josh Shady Triple Double, there was more, uh, there was more you know, banter on social media. Jalen Williams from Santa Clara posted on his story uh, a picture of him taking a picture, pictureception, of him taking a picture of uh, Chet Holmgren. And he's like, this is what it's like walking around Chet Holmgren. You get asked to take a picture of him with a fan, you know, not even realizing that I'm a basketball player too was the kind of the point of it. And, you know, that kind of stuff was just hilarious to see on Twitter. I think that it will pay off in the long run to, to invest in guys who want to be in Oklahoma City, to invest in high-character guys who can kind of selflessly and um, efficiently conform into a team structure, a team identity, and like to be around each other. Compatible, likable personalities getting thrown into this melting pot. Much better than the alternative, again. And I'm not trying to blow this out of proportion here, but again, it's much better than what could have been or what could be your reality. But that poster was the epic highlight of the night, and it was kind of just been passed around Twitter and you have all the pictures and especially the pictures of, uh, you know, the giddy stare down and the, and the Jalen Williams reaction. It was just, it was just a lot of fun. And that was a great way to close out Salt Lake city summer league. We'll talk about Pokashevsky's great night as well. And then grade these three days in Salt Lake city coming up. But first when I say right now, we're good friends over at true bill. Did you know that free t- uh, trials renew without your consent? Because it's a business scam to get you out of your money. Do not let these greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you do not need, want, or you simply forgot about. On average, people save $720 per year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill can cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Your Truebill concierge is there for you whenever you need them to cancel your unneeded subscriptions, so you do not have to. Truebill has over 2 million users to help save them $100 million per year, like Matthew B., who says, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my TV bill, saved $120 for the year on my SiriusXM bill, and saved $840 on my year of car insurance, end quote. So do not fall for subscription scams any longer. Start canceling today with Truebill.com slash LockedInNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands of dollars a year. Again, go to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter 
at Hello Thunder Pod. So happy to have uh, the power back and able to get this show out there before game one of Vegas. That was the delay yesterday. But we're back and we saw Trey Mann return in Salt Lake City to the tune of 13 points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals, one for five from three, 35% from the floor. A nice Trey Mann game. Now, look, the big talking point is the fact that after the game, um, you know, it came down to the last bucket, right? The last buzzer. And the Thunder were down by one. Uh, There's about 13 seconds left on the clock, I believe. And Trey Mann had the ball near the half court line, just dribbling it out, dribbling it out, dribbling it out. And he settled for a bad shot at the buzzer. Whenever, again, you didn't need to take a three there. You could have just drove to the rack and scored. And I think that a lot of Thunder fans just got caught up in the excitement of, you know, we can actually root for wins now because it's summer league. And, uh, you know, you had a great team and you were 2-0. and We want to go 3-0 and uh, in Salt Lake City. It doesn't really matter. But, yes, if you want me to to point it out, yes, Trey Mann should have um, not settled there. Could have gotten a better look at the end of the game. He was going to take the last shot the whole way. And that wasn't the last shot I would take if it was, you know, uh, in a more important game with higher stakes, right? A real regular season game or a playoff game. And I don't think it's the, it's the shot he would have taken if it was those settings either. But uh, in general, yes, you would like to see him um, not settle. This was also the first Poku game that, that was actually good. 14 points, five rebounds, two assists, two blocks. He went two for three from three, uh, 55% shooting from the floor. He made great decisions, quick decisions also. He had that confidence and aggression, but this time it was a good balance, right? In game one, he had the aggression, he had the confidence in himself, but it went a bit overboard. It wasn't really timed very well, and it just wasn't within the flow of the game. In this game, it felt like he had a much better understanding of how uh, the game was going to ebb and flow, and also, also he just kind of measured you know, when to take his shots, when was the right time to to be aggressive, and when was the right time to kind of just relax and keep the ball moving within the offense. Just things like that were much better in this game for Pokushevsky, um, you know, for the Thunder and for uh, their interesting wing. I love some from Poku. I hope he gets to play just a couple of games in, some, in, a, in Las Vegas to kind of try to build off this good game. But again, no one really knows what the, what the deal is for, for Vegas yet. We'll see tonight in just a couple of hours what, what they're going to end up doing. Uh, but it was a, it was the first good Poku game, and you love to see that from him. Uh, Aaron Wiggins and Jeremiah Rumpsnarl, both of them. As I said at the top of the show, I, I love their games. I, I love what they can bring to this roster. And while they didn't create highlight plays, they were both just so good. For Wiggins, 11 points, 3 rebounds, 3 for 4 from 3, 4 for 4 inside the arc. He played great defense. And, and I said it all last year, Aaron Wiggins defended a level that rookies should not be able to defend at. And so when you... Take a guy where that's his baseline of defense. His baseline of defense is a, is a good defender. And you put him in an organization that values defense. And you put him in an organization that has one of the best young defensive minds in the entire NBA in Cam Woods, who's also the summer league head coach. And you give him a, a team that is can you know that is led by Mark Dagnall, who will be very creative, who will, who will you know implement team style of defense that can really you know show what all Aaron Wiggins can do. And I think that this is the perfect fit for Aaron Wiggins and the Thunder. And I think that he can be a just picture-perfect 3-and-D caliber of player. And you saw that on display in Summer League last year. You're seeing that on display in Summer League this year as well. Uh, Jeremiah Rumpsnarl had 10 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 for 2 from 3, 50% from the floor. He took a charge also um, uh, as the Jalen Williams special from Arkansas. He also just looks more versatile. And, and I think that Jeremiah Rumpsnarl made a strong bid in this game to show you uh, 
his improvement, right? We've seen the body overhaul over the last few um, games in Salt Lake City, right? Whenever he stepped on the floor game one uh, in Salt Lake City, it was very noticeable. Like that the fact that he just looked ripped and he looked just awesome, you know, in shape wise. And he looked more sturdy. Again, it does, it's not like he bulked up and just became this, you know, 285 pound pure muscle machine, but he looked to be stronger and more sturdy down low. And that is a very good compliment defensively to Chet Holmgren. And I think that there's a lot of signals that should go off in your head about when you're trying to figure out this starting lineup and trying to get in the head of Mark Dagnall and trying to figure out what the Thunder will do. They liked starting him last year. Um, I mentioned that the day that they drafted him, that, that he'd be a really good player and would be, um, you know, a guy that shoves Roby out of the picture, and he did. And he started a lot of games last year, you know, before getting hurt and all of that. So when you look at Chet, when you look at Chet Holmgren and you look at Jeremiah Armstrong as a pair, I like that more than even Darius Baisley. Now, look, personally, I still believe in Darius Baisley, and I know a lot of people do not. Personally, if the Thunder want to start him, I have no problem with that because I think that Darius Baisley can be poised for a breakout in this season. And I've been saying that for two years. I know it is tiring at this point. But if you look at what he's done, he's he's added from he's gone from 208 to 220 on, on in his weight so far this offseason, and, and we're still only in July. Um, it seems as though he's dedicated to working hard and to getting better and to, you know, enter this next season as prepared as he can to play meaningful minutes. And remember, this is a contract year. This is a year that it, that that, you know, can decide the fate of his NBA career. Now, he's hooked up with Clutch Sports, and uh, uh, you know he, he's going to be a guy that gets another shot no matter what happens this year. He could play terrible this year, and he's going to get another shot. Um, but still, this will this will really have your perception of your NBA career shaped in this year if you're Darius Basley. And he's doing all the necessary steps to make that a good one. So personally, I still like the idea of starting Darius Basley. However, you're seeing how... Jeremiah Rossner is a better three-point shooter than Baisley. And it looks like he's going to be a better low-post defender than Baisley, just in the sense of absorbing contact down low and absorbing the body. However, I would push back on that a bit. Um, I think that we might be getting caught up in the moment a little bit because we just saw Jeremiah Rossner play three games and we haven't seen Baisley play since April. Baisley was incredible defensively, including down low last year. Uh, I think that Baisley's still a, more, a better defender and a more versatile defender than, than um, Jeremiah Rossner. The thing is, though, offensively, I got to pick one to help the Thunder play five out and drive and kick and, and all the things that they want to do. I'm picking Jeremiah Schroeder because of the three point shot until proven otherwise. So I would pick on that three point shot from Jerry. I do like Jerry a lot. So I think that whenever you're trying to figure out what will the great debates be between now and October, that's going to be one. So get ready, pick your side, do what you need to do. But I think that one of the great debates will be: Do you start Darius Spacely or do you start Jeremiah Armstrong? And Robert Snurl is making a great case for himself um, over these last few games, and we'll see if he continues to play in Vegas or not. But um, we'll see. I, I think that it can go either way, and this is another decision that you know I call a lose-lose decision because if you're the Thunder, I can argue both sides. You know, if you start Baisley, I can defend that totally, and if you start Jeremiah Snurl, I can defend that totally. There's no obvious wrong answer, therefore. You're just kind of having to pick between two really good options, and that's the hardest one to make. Those are the hardest decisions to make whenever there's not a clear and total obvious bad decision. So we'll see how that all transpires. I like both players a lot. You know, my, my opinion of Baisley has been different than a lot of people's, and that's been well documented. Uh, but I haven't given up on him yet. Much of this, you're going to have a lot of Thunder fans, and we'll see 
uh, if that is the right move or not. <laughs> Hopefully he can uh, start to play a bit better. He, and, and look, as much as I love Darius Baisley, he needs to play better. That's the bottom line. He needs to play better on the offensive end of the floor. Uh, I've made the point that the Thunder need to also use him better on the offensive end of the floor, but all in all, it's still up to Darius Baisley to happen uh, this offseason. Now, we'll talk about betonline.ag, folks. They are the best place to bet on all your sport action. They have basketball, baseball, UFC, MMA, NFL, college football, college basketball, uh, boxing. They have everything you need. Olympic sports, everything you need over there at BetOnline. Even have Eurobasket stuff coming up, everything you'd want. But they also have Summer League and, and future props. Let's start with Summer League. The Thunder right now are four and a half point favorites against the Houston Rockets. Now, this is a tricky line because they've set this line without us knowing for sure who's going to play and who's going to be in action. Will, you know, will Josh Giddy play, for example? Will, you know, Poku play, for example? Those are two guys that Sam Presti said earlier won't play in Vegas. He also said earlier that they'd pick up Ludort's options. So, like, let's not bank on them not playing, but also I, I do I do think that it's more likely that Giddy doesn't play than it is that he does, but there's still there's still hope he will play in Vegas. Let's just say that. Um, I'd still take Thunder minus four and a half. I, I did not like what I saw from that Houston team. Not that I didn't like their players. I like their individual players. It just didn't look as seamless of a fit immediately, which is which is no shot at Houston as it did in OKC, for example. Like, the, for example, there was times where Houston wouldn't pass Jabari Smith the ball. There's times where Houston didn't get him involved, and then he disappeared in the background. So, like, that stuff is an interesting note in all of us. So I'd take Thunder minus four and a half. I'll probably be wrong, but if you want to bet with me tonight, you can bet on that. Coming up, though, we'll talk about that game and talk about Salt Lake City as a whole. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. And before we talk about tonight's game, let's recap the Vegas Summer League. Um, as far as grades go, I'd give Josh Giddy an A+. I mean, he looked clear in a way like the best player. Um, that's what you expect from a guy who won four straight Western Conference Rookie of the Month awards and won every single Western Conference Rookie of the Month award that he was eligible for, you know, that he actually played, uh, you know, to get. He looked awesome. Uh, Chet Holmgren, A- would be the grade for him. The Kenny Lofton stuff, I think, was a bit overblown. I talked about that um, on yesterday's show, how 
the Thunder should welcome teams playing that way. I, I didn't really get deterred by that at all. And game one was just extraordinary. Game one was just incredible. Uh, Vid Critchy and Lindy Waters, two guys who I, I want to give a combined grade to because they just simply didn't play enough to give a whole grade yet. And we're going to do this, do this again after the Vegas Summer League. But I think that those two guys were much improved on the defensive end. And that's what they really needed to work on this offseason. So to see them make that stride already was very good. Uh, Pokashevsky, disappointing. Um, so I don't want to say it's a D, but like disappointing um, in the sense of only one good game of the three and really at times just did not look good at all. In, in Salt Lake City, this is an environment where he really should thrive, especially against those rosters of Utah, you know, Memphis, you know, 76ers. If you were going to rank every summer league roster, those three would be toward the bottom and the Thunder would be toward the top. And so for you to still not look good against that competition is a bit worrisome. But he did have that last game that we just talked about, which was so good. So hopefully that can start to uh, pick things up. Um, Aaron Wiggins and Jeremiah Marshall, I give those two both an A. They, they both played excellent whenever they got minutes. And Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, I'd give him an A as well. I love the scoring he provided. I loved what he was able to do with the ball in his hand as a play finisher um, and just as a savvy cutter. Everything he did, I loved it. Now, let's talk Vegas. Vegas is where it matters, folks. Vegas is where the champion gets crowned. It's where the rings are going to get assigned for the first time ever. You're going to get actual championship rings for winning in, in uh, Las Vegas. So that's a lot of fun. And the Thunder start out in Vegas today against Houston. Then they play Orlando. Then they play Sacramento. Those are three of the best teams in Vegas right now. And those are three of the best matchups you can ever find. Where you've got Chet against Jabari, Chet against Paolo, Chet against Keegan Murray. And then they play Golden State. And then the, the July 17th game will be to be determined based on um, how the, the pool place you know circles out. That's the championship game as well between the top two teams. But we'll, we'll see where, who they kind of get matched up with if they're in the title game or not. On July 17th, they've pretty much got to win out to get in the title game. You can lose one and still get there, but of course it makes your life a little bit harder to do that. Um, but nonetheless, this will be a lot of fun. As I mentioned before, this Houston team, I like it a lot. I like Ty Ty Washington a lot. I love his game. I had him in the high 20s. I, I love him a lot. Um, I want to see him get more opportunity in, in Houston, you know, this game. Tari Eason had highlight flashes after highlight flashes. I still have not gone all out on Deshaun Nix either. I think Deshaun Nix can be a really nice uh, piece, but the big concern with the Houston uh, Rockets in the last game we saw, the first game of their summer league season, and again, it's only the first game, so like you kind of expect chemistry issues out of the, out of the gate. Uh, the whole the whole Jabari Smith thing, where he kind of faded away toward the background and, and at times was just straight up ignored for the basketball. Like That stuff was a bit concerning, and we'll see if it carries over at all um, to game two. In general, though, I cannot wait to see Chet Holmgren take on um, Chet Holmgren take on Jabari Smith Jr. That's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna be back right after the game to recap it. So make sure you tune in, Locked On Thunder, anywhere you get your podcasts from. We're gonna be here for you. Make sure you check it out, Locked On Thunder on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else. Until after the game, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.